Welcome to The Common Rounds, medical education for medical students by medical students. In this episode, we'll start our series on arrhythmias, starting uh, by dividing the segment into two parts, which is bradyarrhythmias and tachyarrhythmias. I'll talk through bradyarrhythmias in this episode. Bradyarrhythmias themselves can be classified as originating from the sinoatrial node and uh, the others from the atrioventricular node. We've had an episode on uh, electrical conductivity in the heart uh, taken by Bill, which is significant for this episode if you're interested. Um, Arrhythmias occur in abnormalities of electrical impulse physiology, and that's either through a failure of the mechanism that initiates this impulse by the fibers that propagate the electrical signal. These impulses themselves are affected by electrolyte levels um, magnesium, calcium, potassium, sodium. Uh, they're also affected by drugs that have, uh, have the potential to alter cardiac contractility or other uh, ion channels um, such as antiarrhythmics and uh, sometimes antihistamine and antipsychotic drugs as well. There also is a genetic predisposition for the condition, um, channelopathies uh, that cause ion channel problems in um, the regions of the heart that are responsible for generating these impulses. Finally, there's structural heart disease, which um, uh, induces changes within the conductive system. Uh, and this may be due to ischemia, hypertrophy, or um, dilation that could be secondary to valvular heart disease or cardiomyopathies. We start with bradyarrhythmias due to disorders of the sinoatrial node, which is the initiator of the cardiac impulse. The sinoatrial node takes control of the rate because it's, it's the fastest to depolarize. When dysfunctional, the other cells pull their weight and uh, and take over. However, they have a rate of less than 60, which um, creates the uh, phenomena of bradycardias. Bradycardias, by definition, is uh, a heart rate below 60 or 55, as defined by some authorities. The causes of sinoatrial node are either in, um, internal to the cardiac tissue, sort of structural defects, uh, systemic conditions and external factors. The internal factors include um, uh, anatomically dysfunctional sinus node because of all the conditions that we've already talked about, um, such as coronary artery disease. Uh, it can also be a result of inflammatory conditions such as uh, pericarditis, myocarditis, or rheumatic heart disease uh, related damage to the structure. And Lyme disease, interestingly, can cause um, sinoatrial node dysfunction. Senile amyloidosis is also a cause of um, sinoatrial node disease, and hence aging is a risk factor. And then as we've already talked about, channel aberrations um, leading to genetic predisposition to this condition. And then the external factors uh, include autonomic conditions such as carotid hypersensitivity uh, in the bearer receptor function. Um, can be, it can be a result of vasovagal stimulation. Bradycardia is actually very common in um, more healthier and fit young individuals, which is certainly not the case if you're like me and you've made some really poor decisions in your lifestyle. Drugs such as beta blockers and calcium channel blockers can also cause sinoatrial node dysfunction. Any antiarrhythmic really can have the potential to cause sinoatrial node dysfunction, and that's very important to know, uh, especially if uh, a patient is already on one of these uh, agents. Other agents like uh, lithium, cimetidine, amitriptyline, and pentamidine all have the potential to cause sinoatrial node dysfunction. Um, endocrine conditions such as hypothyroidism may also be a cause. Um, hypoxia, hypothermia, 
endotracheal uh, stimulation through surgical procedures or uh, anesthetic procedures. Um, sleep apnea may also induce sinoatrial nerve dysfunction. Um, raised intracranial pressure too can cause sinoatrial nerve dysfunction. Yeah, remembering that the sinoatrial node is the site for vagal nerve uh, termination and action. Other uh, iatrogenic causes are radiation to the chest um, and trauma. The clinical features of this condition um, it's, can be asymptomatic. And like I said, uh, many people can walk around with a heart rate of less than 60. Um, it can be associated with a low cardiac output state, and that's when you get the clinical features of hypotension, um, presyncope, syncope, fatigue, general weakness. In some patients with sinoatrial node dysfunction, a supraventricular tachycardia may develop. Uh, this dysfunction is a result of degenerative age, effects of aging, structural defects, um, hypertension, diabetes. To investigate this condition, an ECG is used to characterize the electrical activity to further understand the uh, uh, cause of the condition. Um, features in the ECG include sinus bradycardia with um, P waves but a uh, rate of less than 60. Um, sinus pauses may uh, also occur, which is where the impulse uh, fails to generate. Sinus arrest may occur as well. Um, sinus exit block, which is failure of propagation from the P wave to the QRS, uh, may be seen. The tachycardia, bradycardia syndrome may also um, manifest as alternating uh, bradycardia and tachycardia um, episodes. To the uh, electrocardiogram, the sinoatrial node dysfunction can be classified. Type 1 second degree block is progressive prolongation of the sinoatrial node um, conduction with an intermittent failure uh, uh, to generate the um, P wave. And this is seen as an absent P wave on the uh, ECG strip. Type 2 secondary degree failure is uh, manifest as a pause in the sinoatrial node uh, electrical impulse generation um, intermittently. And type 3 is complete failure where there's no sinoatrial node uh, activity at all and P waves are absent. The rhythm is generated by the other parts of the... Um, Another variation is a chronotropically incompetent patient where the heart rate fails to rise as, ex as expected under stress. As a result, um, stress ECGs may also be required to make the diagnosis. The management of this condition is mainly, um, in, in, in most cases, is system um, symptom alleviation, and that's only after all other extrinsic causes have been eliminated. The medical management includes a review of the current therapy to sort of uh, determine if there is a medical cause for the uh, low heart rate. Uh, drugs that can be administered are digoxin, which is used to shorten the refractory time between repolarization and the sinoatrial node. Isoproteronol or atropine may also be used for increasing the heart rate. Um, finally, the mainstay of sinoatrial node dysfunction disease, or rather any um, bradyarrhythmia, is pacemaker. Uh, and that's only res that's reserved for symptomatic um, bradycardia. The pacemaker is programmable to respond to activity, the motion, ventilation, or ECG changes. Unfortunately, insertion of any foreign body really carries uh, its own set set of risks, like infection, perforation of structures nearby, like the lung, uh, inducing a pneumothorax, erosion of the um, pacemaker or tissue around it. The device can fail to 
sometimes. Now let's talk about bradyarrhythmias from the atrioventricular node, which is the second quickest pacemaker cell group in uh, cardiac tissue. This is where the pacemaker potential takes over when uh, sinoatrial node uh, depolarization does not occur. Bradycardia may also be the result of slowing down of uh, or arrest uh, in the conduction from the AV node to the Purkinje fibers which is where the pathology lies um, when ECG changes show left and right bundled branch block. This is could be a result of uh, an infarct or an ischemic changes may bring about this bundled branch block pattern. Similar to sinoatrial node disease, this can be a result of external factors and internal ones that are a result of um, anatomical problems in cardiac tissue such as aging, um, fibrosis, amyloidosis, ischemic damage, inflammatory damage um, secondary to endocarditis or uh, systemic inflammation in conditions such as um, uh, systemic lupus erythematosus, rheumatoid arthritis, connective tissue disorder, um, systemic sclerosis. Infections may also cause uh, this condition um, such as tuberculosis, Lyme disease in North, uh, North America, Chagas disease in South America, um, syphilis, toxoplasmosis. Infiltrating tumors like lymphomas um, may also cause this condition. Congenital iron channel defect may also uh, contribute or rather cause a condition. And then there are all the other external causes such as iatrogenic uh, injury. Given the proximity of the tricuspid valve um, to the uh, atrioventricular node, any intervention uh, in this region predisposes to damage and um, uh, AV node dysfunction. Uh, once again, medications may also cause AV node dysfunction. Now, the subtypes of this condition are very similar to the first one, uh, to sinoatrial node dysfunction. You have the first degree, which is where there's slowing of conduction through the AV junction. On ECG, this manifests as an increased PR interval, uh, greater than 200 milliseconds. Second degree block is divided into Mobitz type 1, which is where the PR interval progressively increases, followed by complete failure of conduction. This is followed by pause that's just under the time for two uh, subsequent heartbeats, or rather two RR intervals. This is called the wonky back phenomena. The other type of second degree uh, AV node dysfunction is Mobitz type 2, which is where there's intermittent failure of conduction without warning or signs of changes in the ECG beforehand. This is a more dangerous version and it symbolizes higher grade structural disease. Uh, it's an indication for permanent pacemaker insertion. Finally, third degree is where there's complete failure of conduction from the atria to the ventricles. The block may be in the his purkinje system, uh, which results in increased QRS uh, complex width. And if the block is in the AV node, the QRS is narrowed. On the ECG strip, P waves are present, but there's dissociation with the QRS complex, so QRS uh, waves are not followed by P waves. To investigate this condition, of course, there uh, everything that um, you do is to exclude external causes first and then determine um, um, long-term treatment plans uh, depending on the type of and severity of the block on ECG. Electrophysiological studies may also be performed. I didn't know of the existence of this until I had to do this episode. In this, a uh, catheter is positioned um, at anatomical regions that sort of correspond to the uh, conductive tissue that's being studied and uh, the electrical activity is uh, measured. The signs and symptoms produced are very similar to sinoatrial node dysfunction. Um, it can be asymptomatic and the symptomatic patients uh, suffer from low cardiac output states.
The treatment again is very similar to sinohydral node disease. Uh, the medication review and uh, exclusion of all other extrinsic disease, diseases is performed first. Pharmacologically, atropine and isoprotonorol can be used again to increase heart rate if the AV node is the problem. And uh, finally, the definitive treatment is permanent pacing, uh, which is indicated for symptomatic bradycardia or irreversible um, second or third degree heart block. In the next episode, we'll talk about tachycardia, and I hope to see you there. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer, Gautam, and our co-editor, Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on the commonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.